Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's Off the Pike, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of this episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome into Off the Pike. I'm Brian Barrett. It feels like we've been talking to you a lot this week because there's a lot going on with this whole Celtics situation. We talked with Brian Robb of Mass Live late last night about the situation after the official announcement came down that Ime Adoka was going to be suspended for the entirety of the 2022-2023 season. We got the corresponding statement, of course, from Ime Adoka. If you missed that, great stuff from Brian Rob B. Rob on Joe Mazzula and his future as the Celtics head coach. But now we have the Celtics who come out today, Wick Grossback and Brad Stevens, right after 11 o'clock. And they finally speak to the media about everything that has really occurred over the past couple of days. And I would say try to provide some clarity, but they really couldn't do that based on the position they're in from a legal perspective. At least they don't believe they can. So a couple of things that jumped out to me in terms of the press conference. So I'll start with Wick and then we'll get into Brad because Brad was really impressive today. So we'll get into that in greater detail in just a little bit here. But first from Wick. So Wick said that they learned about this in the summer. They called in a law firm, which makes sense in this type of situation, the investigation had its twists and turns, and it finally concluded two days ago. Okay, so a couple of things to that. The first part of it that is really perplexing to me, and I don't know why that they didn't really clarify why they didn't speak about this sooner, but if it was concluded two days ago, 
Why did it take the Celtics until 11 a.m. on Friday to actually hold a press conference and say something about the situation? And furthermore, just on top of that, think about this. You had the original report comes out from Adrian Wojnarowski late on Wednesday night, right? Right after 10 o'clock around that time. We don't hear from the Celtics until basically 23 hours after that, right after 9 o'clock in terms of the statement is made by the Celtics that they are suspending Ime for the 2022-2023 season and a decision on his future has not been determined yet. And Wick reiterated that today, that they have not made a decision about Ime's future after this season with the Celtics. So if that were the case and this reporting is going on and all this speculation is going on, it feels like from my perspective, it would have behooved the Celtics to come out earlier and get something out there rather than because Brad talked about everything in terms of how unfair this was to the woman in the organization. I totally agree with Brad when it comes to that. But why didn't they get ahead of this a little bit earlier when that reporting was out there? Why did it take them so long to respond? And Wick saying that it wrapped up two days ago, that's what makes me more questioning of what exactly transpired where they had to hold off two days because he's the one that told us in the press conference that they had wrapped everything up. So I just don't understand it. Like my whole thought process with that is they hadn't had it wrapped up. And essentially they were going through and scrambling and trying to figure out what they were going to say, but they really didn't say anything. And if they had already made this decision that they were suspending Ime for the 2022-2023 season, why didn't we hear about that a little bit earlier than we did? That's to me is just, that's still a question that... I would like the answer to, and we didn't really get that from the press conference today. Now, Wick did say they can't provide any details, privacy reasons for the people involved. We do know about, of course, the law firm. Now, here's an interesting thing. He talked about the leaks in terms of, in his opening part of this whole situation, he talked about the leaks and how the Celtics were accused of leaking this information. So Wick said they had nothing to gain from from leaking this. So and I believe Wick when it comes to that. I told you that multiple times. I don't know how the Celtics would gain anything from this, right? Because think about everything that transpired last night or yesterday, I should say, is everybody essentially the reaction, at least the majority of people were reacting like this seems like a really harsh relationship or punishment for this relationship, right? Because the reporting at the time was it was a consensual relationship. Now, ultimately, we would get the reporting after we recorded last night with B-Rob that there was a situation after with Ime Adoka and the woman within the organization of making unwanted comments towards her. So this is something that we would later learn during this whole situation. So when you look at that angle to the equation here in terms of, well, now that played into what was going on with the decision-making process and with not only the punishment that was going to be levied down, but when it's only out there at the beginning that it's a consensual relationship and then we don't find out until very late last night, like after midnight, that there was this accusation made by the alleged victim in this situation that there were unwanted comments that were made her way. So basically the whole day, we found out late on Wednesday night that this was a consensual relationship. That's what we were told. That's what the reporting was. And it went until... Basically, more than 24 hours, right, after midnight last night until we actually knew about those accusations. So that, to me, goes back to the whole timeline thing. If the Celtics had already made up their decision about Ime Adoka and the fact that they were going to fire him, or excuse me, fire him, 
suspend him for the season and then make a decision at a later date. But the investigation had concluded two days ago and they had made this decision. Well, why didn't you put that out there? Because it does feel like that could have been a way to avoid some of everything that transpired yesterday. Because I said on the podcast yesterday, I mean, it's just very disturbing to watch that whole situation because it was really gross to see what was going on in social media, people trying to determine everything in terms of who was the woman, who could it be, and you had Celtic staffers, unfortunately, that were out there on social media. Was it her? Was it, it just, it was unfair to them, right? To the point where you have Mark Spears having to basically say that it wasn't Allison Feaster. He has to put that out there on social media. It's sad that it got to that point. So that's why I keep coming back to that whole timeline or that timeline statement by Wick, which is just really, really confusing to me. So another thing just to look at too from this thing Wick did say this, he's concerned about the impact on everybody in the Celtics organization, which remember, you have a lot of players in this organization that don't know that this stuff is going on. They met with the players yesterday and he said that the players are very concerned and it's not a welcomed development. I mean, naturally you would feel that way, but you think about this too, from the player's perspective, these are guys that loved Ime Adoka, loved playing with Ime Adoka, and now They know at least something else is going on that was inappropriate. And like I said, we did not get a lot of clarity in terms of the press conference. They did not want to comment in terms of if it was sexual harassment. Basically, what Wick said to that is don't have the ability to venture into the conclusions, into our legal analysis. And he did keep mentioning the fact that they were protecting the parties involved. So obviously, we don't have everything in terms of making a determination on this, but he did say that it was a volume of violations, okay? That's when he was asked if it was harmful to others or just inherently a violation of policy. So what we're finding out is there's clearly more to this than, and we found out last night from the reporting, just a consensual relationship, which that's part of the thing that I thought was just so unfair to the woman within this organization, which brings me to this. So Brad talked about it, that it was a long process. And this is what, really stuck out to me, and I'm sure this is the video that you're going to be seeing over the next couple of days. Brad said, we've had a lot of talented women in the organization. I thought yesterday was really hard on them. Nobody can control Twitter speculation and rampant bullshit, but I do think we have a responsibility to make sure we're there to support them. And during this, Brad was basically crying, and you could tell that this really affected Brad Stevens when he was mentioning this. And the one thing I will say too, like with Brad, remember, Brad is somebody that has hired women with this organization. Allison Feaster has been here. And you think about it, Carol Lawson was on the coaching staff as well. And you could tell that Brad Stevens was generally or genuinely, I should say, affected by this and genuinely hurt by this. So that was really the biggest thing from the press conference in terms of just like the emotional perspective. We really did see that from Brad. He said, that there's messaging sent out, there's meetings, and he said, basically, we don't know how we can control Twitter in terms of everything that happened yesterday. And that's why I just keep, I can't, I can't get away from the two days thing. If it was done two days ago, why didn't we hear something sooner rather than later? And the other thing that Brad talked about too was the players, right? I mean, like we talked about with Wick, but Brad said they had a real, he had a real relationship with a lot of guys. There's a personal connection there. So that's sort of like the big headlines, if you will, that came from this in terms of the press conference in and of itself, the information. We really didn't get much more. I'd say the only thing we really got more from this was 
that in the statement they said multiple violations and Wick confirmed that it was a volume of violations. We still don't know exactly what happened in terms of was it sexual harassment or not. We don't know that. Basically, they said they couldn't comment on that based on the investigation. It does feel like, obviously, based on the reporting, too, that there's something else going on there with Ime Adoka. And we don't know all the details, but it does feel like that. He did say that, or Wick did say that Ime was, he had acceptance and appreciation for the suspension. And I'm sure at some point we'll hear from Ime in this whole situation as well, because he just essentially released that really small statement last night, or short statement, I should say, last night to Malika Andrews from ESPN, where he said, I want to apologize to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization, my family for letting them down. I'm sorry for putting the team in this difficult situation, and I accept the team's decision. Out of respect for everyone involved, I will have no further comment. So I'm sure Ime, just like the Celtics are, they're being advised by their legal team. Ime's being advised by his legal team as well. Okay, so then, of course, we get the news that the new head coach is Joe Missoula or the interim coach is Joe Missoula, which we knew about last night in terms of, well, well, we really knew about that all day yesterday from Woj. And one real funny part of the press conference was actually the Brad Stevens thing. When somebody asked Brad Stevens, were you considering coaching again? And he said, absolutely not. Like, man. And I talked to B-Rob about this last night or on the podcast that came out on Friday. <laughs> about Friday morning about Brad Stevens. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, I this guy really does not want to coach anymore. Brad looked like visibly angry when he was asked if he was going to coach again. He said, absolutely not. He said, Joe is the right guy for the job. So, and look, Brad Stevens, he was at the end there. Look, Brad was a very good coach and nobody can deny that. He had a lot of success, but at the end there, you could tell that it felt like the players didn't really want to listen to Brad and Brad didn't really want to do it anymore. And it does feel like he's really fit into his new role with the team, running the things, the Derek White trade, trading away the contract of Kemba Walker in a first round pick to bring in Al Horford, trading for Malcolm Brogdon. So Brad clearly has done a good job with this Celtics team to try to give them the necessary pieces to put them over the top. So totally understand where Brad's coming from. I mean, that would have been a lot on his plate too, right? Because that a lot of those guys are Emei's coaching staff and then Brad comes and he takes over. It just doesn't feel like that would have been a healthy relationship. The one thing that does kind of seem a little bit off to me is, and not that this is a bad thing, like Joe Mazzulla was up for the Utah Jazz job. But the one thing that does, just the dynamic is, Damon Stoudemire and Ben Sullivan, how do they sort of react to this, right? Because if you look at it and you say, okay, well, the head coach of the team is gone. The lead assistant is gone. Those guys probably feel like they're in line to be the lead assistant ahead of a guy like Joe Mazzulla. And he kind of gets a leapfrog situation there where those guys go in or he goes in front of them now, which if you're Damon Stoudemire or you're Sullivan, how do you deal with that situation, right? And look, I get it. Joe Mazzulla is like an up and coming coach in this league as well. So I can understand it from that perspective. And they feel like he's the best guy for the job. But I'm just putting myself in the shoes of Mighty Mouse and Ben Sullivan here, how they're feeling. Okay, now the one other thing about this, and I'm sure a lot of you saw this in terms of the allegations or the issues, the legal issues, I should say, that happened with Joe Missoula when he was in college. Arrested in 08, charges of underage drinking, fighting with police at a Pirates game. He was arrested in 09 for allegedly grabbing a woman by the neck at a bar. He was suspended from the West Virginia basketball team. 
Now, at the time he got treatment for that, his father, who unfortunately passed away in 2020, told the New York Times that he was getting treatment for that. Bob Huggins said that he was really screwed up at the time, of course, his college coach, when he was dealing with a lot of injuries and stuff along those lines. Now, here's what Brad said when he was asked about this, quote, I believe strongly that shaped him into who he is today and in a really good way, but he'll be the first to tell you that he's 110% accountable for that, and I'll be the first to tell you I believe it. Okay, so now this is sort of the thing that's going to be talked about Monday because Joe Mazzulla is going to be introduced as the Celtics interim head coach when they go out to the podium for media day. So he's going to have to answer these questions about his past. These are going to be dug back up over the next couple of days or so. And I'm sure what the Celtics are doing right now, because they clearly had to prepare the players for what they're going to say Monday when they talk to the media. And of course, Joe Mazzulla is going to have to prepare what he's going to say, not in terms of the Eme situation, but his past. Now, the other thing, too, in terms of the players with this whole situation is these players are a lot of them are very honest. Right. I mean, and a lot of them will say things that they'll it's not like a Patriots situation, right, where the Patriots are very close to the vest. We know Jalen Brown is a very outspoken guy, very articulate, right? So I'm sure that Jalen Brown is going to have a lot of thoughts on this on Monday, and I'm sure that's the guy that most of the media is going to be going to for comments on this. I'm sure Mark is smart. All the players are going to be asked about it, but I'm sure that Jalen Brown is going to have a very well-prepared, thought-out answer in terms of what he's going to say to the media on Monday. So that's sort of where we stand right now, the Celtics. And you kind of had an idea that this would happen, that they would have a press conference prior to Monday, because think about it, Monday is supposed to be about this season. And they're looking at it from the situation in terms of this is about this group. This is introducing Joe Missoula. So they didn't want this to be the whole story Monday. Now, it's going to be a large portion of the story on Monday. How could it not be? But they needed to get out in front of this and just face the media, talk to the media, at least put something out there, at least address what was going on after your statement. So this is them in some ways wanting to make sure that they got out there and let everybody know what was going on or trying to let everybody know where the whole investigation and where it stood right now. Now, the one other thing that I'll say real quickly here, just to reiterate what I said off the top is the thing that is troubling the most about this And the thing that is aggravating the most about this is what happened to the woman in the Celtics organization where it just really sucks. And look, social media is great for so many things. I mean, think about it. You use Twitter every day to get your news, to get your sports news, to get your sports takes, your fantasy football team, all that different type of stuff. But this is the low point of social media yesterday. This is when social media, the value of social media is at its nadir. When this type of shit is just out everywhere. It was just, it was really difficult to see yesterday. And I really feel horrible for the woman of the Celtics organization. And I'm glad that Brad Stevens said what he did today because it was bullshit. So I I totally was impressed with Brad Stevens today and what he said. I still do have questions about why they didn't come out sooner rather than they did. That's something I'll still never understand. Maybe we'll get more clarity on that on Monday. All right, so we'll be back with you on Sunday after the Patriots-Ravens game. James White is going to join us, and he's going to be joining us pretty much after every Patriots game this season going forward. So we'll get to react to 
everything that transpires in that game, the home opener for the Patriots. So we'll do that with James White. And also, of course, we're going to react to any more news that comes our way from the Ime Adoka situation and the Celtics going forward. If any news happens, we'll certainly be talking about that on Sunday as well. And as always, if you want to leave us a voicemail, if you want to react to the Celtics situation, or if you're watching the game on Sunday and the Patriots are either cruising or they're in real trouble, and if you want to react to the game, you can leave us a voicemail, 617-396-7172, 617-396-7172. Thanks to Jamie McClellan and Steve Cerruti for producing this podcast, and we'll chat in a couple of days. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.